Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse, Go, Mark Marin stops in, and guess what? We learned the stupidest thought anyone has ever had. Let's go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. We've got a delightful guest with us this week, Jordan. Yes. I know that every week when we have a guest, I tell you that I'm excited about the guest. Mm-hmm. Here's God's own truth. Usually I'm lying. No, oh, sure. How excited can I really I mean, you get? Can, the viewers, I mean, the listeners can't see it, but every time he does the we've got a great guest this week spiel, he's making the jack-off motion. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people don't know, actually, a surprising amount of the show, I, I'll be making the jack-off motion. So people think right. that this is a, a, a surprisingly kind of sincere fun show no it's uh it's spiteful it's angry the problem is that you can't tell when i'm being sarcastic exactly um, everybody in the studio can like let's say the, the other day i was talking about how uh how i get super pumped when i listen to uh you dropped a bomb on me by the gap band mm-hmm. the whole time i was making the jack off motion and that was the whole thing that's why people didn't didn't realize that every time that song comes on you fall immediately asleep exactly <laughs> I'm super sleepy, but we do have a great guest this week yes. on the program. Jordan. Jack off motions aside, uh, in in just a couple of months, he's already far surpassed surpassed our success in the field of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you might also this is this is a bad use of our guest's time. I think is what we can <laughs> we can agree that uh, his time is probably better spent elsewhere, but uh... even more so than usual, I would say. Sure, uh, this is a bad guest get use of our guest's time. Uh, uh, one of America's funniest stand up comics. Um, the host of uh, the podcast What the Fuck or uh, WTF in the iTunes directory, Mr. Mark Marin. Mark, welcome to Jordan Jesse Go. Well, thank you for having me, fellas. And now that uh, the jack-off motion that you're doing doesn't mean what I thought it meant, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little disappointed. But yeah. I, I'm happy I know that I didn't just walk into some weird situation, but now I've... I understand the established signs and symbols of this show. That's not technically what it means, Mark. Uh-huh. However... If you wanted to mean that, I mean, there have been situations where things have kind of organically gone that direction. Well, sure. it's, if, a, it's a little early for me, but I, you know, I, if this is going to turn into you, some... When do you usually start your gay stuff? Around what time? <laughs> well, when it usually takes a lot of deliberating and then sort sure. of like, this doesn't seem right. You know, I've been married twice and I usually avoid it, but maybe today's right. the day. Is today the day that this is finally going to happen for me? Let's make it happen. Blast off. That's what I say. <laughs> sure. Blast off. Three, two, one, gay stuff. Oh, I'm so glad I wore my good shoes. <laughs> That's the one thing I knew about coming over here. I literally had a moment where I'm like, okay, I know Jesse now. I know what he's about. I better dress well. If I'm, if <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, like, because I know he's going to be put together. And I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're sort of, you yeah, know, Jordan's I, I, in the I, middle here. Yeah, I, 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 I took that note too when I put on these basketball shorts and <laughs> yeah. uh, slip on shoes with no socks. Can I just say that, that, that Jesse Thorne actually tucks his shirt in? Who yeah. the hell does that anymore who doesn't have to go to work? <laughs> That's fair. Jordan. <laughs> 
Jordan is wearing, Jordan really is today, uh, just to kind of set the table for everybody. We've got Mark Marin over here. He's, he's looking like uh, sort of a bohemian Steve McQueen. He's, wow. He's got, on a, he's got on a shawl collared sweater. He's got the, the shawl collar turned up, of course, because it's bitter cold outside. I didn't even know what this kind of sweater was called, so now I'm making note of that. It's <laughs> shawl collared sweater, mm-hmm. yes. He's, he's got on a turtleneck mm-hmm. underneath that for warmth. Um, he's wearing a blue jean and a red wing boot. The, that terminology will come in handy when you're trying to broker some gay stuff. Well, yeah, I, I'm feeling that after I leave this, there's a real good chance of going to West Hollywood. This I mean, is... after this podcast is over, sure. I'm hitting the streets and going to brunch. Yeah, <laughs> right. We sort of consider this <laughs> to be part podcast, part skills intensive. Oh, well, I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm going to learn. Um, so I think Mark is dressed perfectly appropriate for Sunday morning podcasting. Sure. Um, Jordan is wearing, is wearing uh, the top half of Jordan, looking sharp. Sure. He's got a nice uh, heathered gray sweatshirt on. He's got a lighter heathered gray Fuel TV t-shirt that they presumably he got for free from work. Sure. I'm I'm not going to make any assumptions about the no, sweatshirt. No, no, I'm not uh, I'm not paying work for uh, I'm not paying work for my t-shirts. Okay. And uh and then with the part that perplexes me, yeah, is the bottom half because you are wearing a basketball short. Mm-hmm. Looks like a three stripe in Adidas. Sure. Um and you're wearing slip-on uh shoes with no socks. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly reasonable. I'm not against you wearing those things. No. Um However, it's about 32 degrees outside. Yeah, I... Uh, this is like as cold as it's been in Los Angeles since yeah. I have lived in Los Angeles. And, I, you know, and you had guests coming over. I mean, I was coming over, and I, literally when I walked into, yeah. into the studio here and you showed up out of nowhere, I thought, Je- Jesse's got a friend that, that's out of work. <laughs> <laughs> and he's letting him stay here. Yeah, I'm Jesse's... Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just crashing on Jesse's couch so I can get some shit together. That's the look you have right now. The, uh, I don't live here, but I, I'm here too long. Right. And um, I'm overly comfortable, and I'm going to drink right out of the bottle. I have Maybe a great idea for a new website. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to get that off the ground. My wife's cousin. Yeah, right, exactly. You kind of gave me the look like... Uh, what's, <laughs> what's amazing is that out of the three of us, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Marin, Jesse Thorne, Jordan Morris, Jordan is the employed one. Oh. Jordan is the one with a real professional job in the entertainment industry that he's paid a perfectly reasonable wage for. So you've earned this look, is what you're saying. Now you're sort yeah. of underplaying your success, well, so he, it's a different agenda. Well, here's the thing. You, yeah. guys are, you guys are, you know, a couple of self-employed, uh, you know... Uh, men of leisure, so you have time to plan these elaborate outfits with your sweaters <laughs> and your kind of boot. Uh-huh. Uh, me, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm go go go. Yeah, I'm gonna throw on a basketball short. Can I don't I, have time to put on socks. Can I get some clarification on this from you, Jordan? You here? may. From what I understand, your distinction is that Mark is wearing a kind of boot. Yeah. So what you're saying is that. With it's a your sort of boot, with your busy schedule, mm-hmm. you can choose between classes of footwear, but you cannot distinguish within those classes. But, so once you choose a particular kind of Jesse, boot, that's when even, you know somebody. I don't somebody. even have time for this. Can I, <laughs> this is too much for I, me. I want to put some. I want to. I want to make some clarification here, given that I now have a kind of boot on. That sure. in, in your haste or at whatever decision you made not to really dress, at some point you chose to buy vans with little crescents and stars. Oh, on them. that's a that, now I'm. I don't mean to speak for Jordan here. But I would not be so hasty as to suggest yes. that he chose to buy those shoes. Presuming that Jordan chose or bought 
any of his clothing <laughs> is almost your your odds are I'm going to say 70 30 against really you've for got either the, of those. Uh, do you, uh, do you yeah. get things for free? Or do you have a yeah, demanding no, girlfriend? This, yeah, this is uh, this is this is something uh, 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 that we haven't really met before. Right. Uh, it's happening uh, I, now. I work in uh, I work in uh, for the web. Uh, website. He works in a city called. Hollywood. Yeah, it's right down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I work for Fuel TV, which is the kind of skateboard, snowboard, surfing. Oh, so you're a swag whore. I am. Uh, yes, so absolutely. You're, you're the... I dress almost exclusively in swag. So you're the guy at the office that goes, so no one's taking this? I'll take it. You want this? Yeah. No one wants this shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Five, four, three. It's mine. It's mine. Yeah. And so if you're that sure. guy, that means you're taking the stuff that nobody would wear. Yeah, yeah, yes, including these Crescent Moon Vans, <laughs> which I am aware are ugly. Uh, I try not to wear them, you know, out. I love swag. I used to like Swag's doing, great. when I had, was on a real radio show, the books were great. I literally have, Jesse's been to my garage studio. I can open a library. And I have a lot of books, many of which uh, I don't get to. But mm-hmm. that's okay. I have them, which means I possess the knowledge and wisdom within them, mm-hmm. and I can look proudly upon my shelf saying, I own this knowledge and wisdom. Well, you can get a little info from the jacket. Well, what I usually mm-hmm. do, if I could tell you honestly, is... Uh, Please be honest with us, Mark. I will, because I am a buyer of books, and I like books. Sure. And I will buy large books with large titles that don't uh-huh. really make sense to me, under the assumption that everything I need to know about anything is within the covers of this book. Mm-hmm. Like I bought uh, philosophical texts were something I was buying a lot of, uh-huh. uh, hoping that somehow or another I would learn the language of philosophy and it would have impact on me. You were just picking up books at the used bookstore that were written by names you recognized from the Monty Python philosophers' Those, names right, song. Or, or just names that just seemed to be like, wow, like uh, like A Thousand Plateaus by uh, <laughs> uh, Deleuze. Is that how you pronounce it? Gilles Deleuze. And Guitar. Like, this is a big book, my friend. And I have bought many books like this. I have hundreds of them. What happens is I underline. I'm a big underliner. Uh-huh. So so I, uh, I, what I'll do, and it took me a long time to learn this about myself, is I will buy this book and anticipating knowing everything when I'm done reading it. Sure. I, I will underline the hell out of that book. And then every one of these books. That's how you build knowledge. That's right. I, you know, I, I just leave out maybe thes and us, but everything else underlined or <laughs> In highlighted. essential words. Yes. And I and, and all these books on my shelf, all of them have a, a bookmark, say at page fifteen to twenty-three, <laughs> it, it, and that's where the underlining stops. Double, that, double digits, pretty sure. good. Well, that's where that. But the, the arrogance of that is that's the moment where I said, "I get this." I, you know, someone right. spent a lifetime on that, you know, writing that piece of work, and at, at fifteen to twenty-five, I'm like, "All right, I get it. How much do I really need to know? I've, I've integrated what I need to use in my life." Sure. It seems like your perspective on it, in a in a certain way, is sort of that you're willing to give it one Seinfeld's worth of attention. Okay, if we're mm-hmm. going to use that as a, a as a gauge, I I could see that. But what I also learned about myself, and I don't know if other people can relate to this, is that books like this serve the same um, purpose as drugs for me. Uh-huh. Let, let me explain because because they get you totally fucked up. Well, here in, in a very specific way. Okay, it's like I don't retain much, mm-hmm. right? And I don't necessarily understand what's being written about. But while I'm reading it, it feels like I'm thinking it, <laughs> and, and that <laughs> and that is a, a high that is irreplaceable. It's sort of it's sort of a, sort of a big thinking by proxy. The people have done the thinking for you, right? And all you have to do it's it's almost like it's it's almost like 
you are being Indiana Jones by riding the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland. By wearing the hat. You're, you are experiencing, because he has already gone on the adventures, obviously. He did... He fought the different people in the marketplace in Istanbul and sure. the whole nine yards. Sure. You don't, you're not going to get involved in that. It's dangerous, morally questionable, right? Um, possibly a colonialist in a way that's distasteful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but, but what you would like to do is, is experience it, have the feeling, so you just get on the ride. Sure. And in the same way, Gilles Deleuze spends a, spends a lifetime thinking about whatever he thinks about. Right. And um, I can I, just walk in for 15 to 20 pages and, and, and ride the Deleuze wave of psychic thought and energy. So what do you do? What do you, okay, after you've, after you've mm. closed the book, mm-hmm. uh, uh, literally and figuratively. Good one, uh, what do you do? What, what are you doing with the rest of your day? You're saying, okay, I get this. I get this big, important text. Well, well what little I've retained, I will apply to the next few hours. Okay. And, and <laughs> okay. like, you know, say after a thousand plateaus, I'll go into my kitchen and, and just deconstruct everything. Okay, I'll just great. break it down and, and tie it in. And then uh, I think there was something called the rhizome analogy in, uh, sure. in that book where everything is sort of talking connected. Talking about rhizomatics. And... Like a, you're talking sure. about a situation like a ginger root. Right, right. So, yeah. So you get into the philosophical idea of rhizomatic. Guys, and then... is this the secret? Are you guys going to try and convince <laughs> me of the secret? I feel like that's where, that's where this Jordan, is going. what you do is you start by making uh, uh, what I call a vision or dream board. Mm-hmm. Um, so you cut pictures out of magazines. <laughs> this is what Gilles Toulouse originally... He has a dream board right up here. Do you see it says uh, rhizome, being, yeah. uh, uh, simulacrum. Oh, hot, yeah. oh, and hottie with a body. Yeah. <laughs> That, which is but also been, right out of the Deleuze book. I um I I had this experience when I was like maybe uh just after I graduated from college, I moved back home into my mother's house uh, with no job, no prospect. Proud moment. That um, is. Oh yeah. Well, I had I, it was I'm part back. of my <laughs> it was part of my proud like uh, eighteen months of uh, doing my college radio show as my main thing uh-huh. uh, after I had graduated from college and now I lived an hour and a half away. Mm. Right. Um, and so I was living in my mother's house, and my mom is a college professor. And um, one of her best students was this guy called Jean Paul. And Jean Paul had been my mom. My mom teaches junior college. My mom, she, he had been like this amazing student at the junior college. Um, I think maybe he was just his life. He was a fuck up in high school or something like that. So you respected him. But you know, well, and he, but he was a perfect student. At, and he went on to uh, go to UC Berkeley, um, where he was the valedictorian of UC Berkeley, which means he literally got an A in every class he took his entire college career. Yeah. No A minuses. Right. Um, he's now uh, getting his PhD at uh, uh, Emory University in Atlanta. Um, and uh, he was living at my mom's house um, in the in the back bedroom. He was like renting a room out as he was uh, in between uh, in between Berkeley and uh, when he was applying for graduate. So did school. it have that sort of feeling like there's a genius in the back of the house? <laughs> so I must learn about him. I would I would sit down to dinner. Yeah. And like obviously like you know I, I'm I'm not like an intellectual lightweight like. 
it's there's not a lot of situations where I'm sitting entering a conversation where I can't at least like ride with the current. Right. You know what Pick I mean? Pick keywords, mm-hmm. throw a little bit in. That's my job. Yeah. Like literally today <laughs> in the world, my job is to just, at the very least be able to project competence even if I lack it. Sure. So you in conversation. Right. pretend that you know things. You'll is what say you're yeah. you'll yeah. say diaspora. Sure. If if needed, hey, we just heard that I have a reasonable, uh, I have a some bare bones understanding of what a rhizome is, yeah. for example. And I and I barely did, and I was just hoping that his wisdom of it stopped where he left it, and I believe it did. I think we we went as deep as we could go with that. And I had this experience of sitting down at a table with my mom sitting there and Jean Paul sitting there, and them having this conversation where. I have no idea what's being discussed. Yeah. They're having an intense discussion where I literally do not know what they're talking about. No way I do in. not know the subject of their conversation. Yeah. It's like I can listen to some two people on the bus speaking to each other in Spanish, and I know what the subject of their conversation sure, is. Sure, sure. I, I can get... I can get if someone's speaking quickly in Spanish, I'm getting at least half of the words, and from that I can piece together the subject. Well, you know, it's, that's a very interesting moment to have because there's two ways to go with it. Where you could either go with, you know, I really need to know, I need, I need entree into this intellectual world, or you could say, you two are cowards. You're frightened to live in the real world. You had to devise <laughs> this intellectual language to insulate yourself and condescend to the rest of us. I live in the real world. You yeah, should have had well, that. You should have stood up and said that. Yeah, and uh, luckily I was wearing this uh, plaid wool shirt. <laughs> so I, I had a good, in these red wing boots, right? Yeah, a yeah. good strong basis to argue that I was a man of the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A blue collar man exactly. of the people. Yeah, you you say things like, "Let me take you out and introduce you to the people I run with." Yeah, yeah. See how that language gets you in that circle. Let's have yeah. a TV dinner. Let's watch. Let's Rock of Love. Let's talk that's about what's really going on. Let's talk about the real shit that's going on in the streets right now. Yeah. Let's talk about real people like cholos that call me faggot. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about my and, homies and other cholos uh-huh. that call me white boy. <laughs> Like I, let's let's uh, break it down and get real. I struggled a long time with like I recently had a, a moment of this. I think as somebody who's bright and intelligent and, and maybe didn't have the fortitude to really study as much as they should in order to truly know in a in a broad contextual way what I was talking about, but knowing enough to bullshit that at some point as I got older, I realized you know what, dude, too much energy. And it's, you know, it's, it's really time just to say this here, try it, say it out loud with me. You know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know I have no idea. A good, a good thing to do. And I'm just borrowing. I read a great trend piece in the New York times style section. And frankly, if you guys want to know what's going on in the world, you got to read the trend pieces in the New York times style section about, uh, uh, parents raising their children according to the precepts of Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Um, <laughs> How does that even work? I mean, I don't even, I'm, I'm lost on two levels already. See, I'm having that moment you had with John Paul. So, <laughs> so this is what like, I recommend guys, for guys, you. If, if, here's, if you're ever in a confusing conversation yeah. where you feel like you're a little outclassed, 
just change the subject to what everybody thinks Avatar is going to be like. <laughs> That's what I like to do. That's an animated movie? The, uh, uh, yeah, this is James Cameron's return to the screen. Yeah. How much Titanic. money did he spend is on anyone, this? A quarter billion dollars? Is anyone really anticipating? I see, I, I, you know, I'm finding also as I get older and I'm not old, you know, but I'm old enough to resent people for being young. But I, I'm not that old, but I find that I just, uh, there, I just don't give a shit about a lot of things. Yeah. Do, do you, is that happening to you yet? Where it's like, you see things on TV and it just becomes this sort of like vibrating nuisance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things that come out of the speaker, the things on the screen, it's like, oh my God, what do they want from me? And now that I have a you big... You might sp- not have a TV. You might have an old radiator on your hands. No, I've got, I've got... That's a, your problem. What are you, are you watching an old radiator? Is you're just watching an old radiator. Maybe that's it. Maybe I've really crossed clink, the line. It, does, does it make... Are the sounds that come out, are they words and phrases or is it just kind of a clanking? No, it's, it, here's what it is. It's like... Right. It's a radiator, oh, Jordan. You guys solved wanna, my problem. You're going to want to switch that out for a TV. Okay, yeah. okay. Then hey, you can get maybe, totally pumped. Let me ask maybe you you've got yeah, a yeah, nephew yeah. or something that can help you out. With the radio to come over? Yeah. But let me ask you something, though. Don't yes. you feel assaulted sometimes? My question is, this, it's like I have moments where I'm watching my, my big screen TV that mm. I've hooked up uh, uh, speakers to. I, and, I recently made the big screen TV okay, purchase, so, too. I, anyway, yeah. So when a commercial comes on, yeah. the, the volume difference between a commercial and the program you're watching, it's literally as if somebody is reaching out of the screen and grabbing you by the collar and saying, sure. buy chicken, buy chicken, you do need insurance. <laughs> and it, I have these moments where I'm like, oh, I'm The attacked. loudest commercials are always the worst. The, the loudest commercials are always the ones for like dick pills or something, like you know, fake dick pills. What's 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 really amazing, this is something that's new recently in my life. Here in Los Angeles, obviously as a public radio host, I feel it's my obligation to listen to mostly public radio. So I do, um, you know, I... I even you know, I even listen to the ones I don't like because I feel like I should understand the marketplace or something. Sure, and not marketplace the show. Uh, they do a great job the of landscape ex- of explaining business and economics to the layman. Yeah, with a but with a humorous twist. It's kind of fun too. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I mostly listen to public radio and especially because the kind of music that I like, not generally on the radio radio. Like I like rap music, but. If you listen to the rap music station, uh, they don't play a lot of rap music. It's mostly kind of, you know, R&B. shitty pop R&B that I'm not really into. Yeah. And um, uh, not because it's pop music, just not my taste. Sure. And But here in Los Angeles, there's this station called K-Day. Uh, K-Day used to be the uh, the sort of like foundational hip-hop station of Los Angeles, one of the first hip-hop radio stations in the country. Mm-hmm. Then they, they sort of, they sort of uh, eventually ran aground uh, in, uh, in the face of competition from, uh, you know, the marketplace. Uh, but they were recreated recently as an oldies hip-hop station. So basically this station is the station that you go to uh, uh, I was joking with my wife in the car. They they did a promo where they said, "Is it is it Notorious B.I.G. and Jay Z and DJ Quick? Then it's K Day." It's like this is they have a when you, you have a very deep understanding of your market when you realize that here in Los Angeles, uh, DJ Quick is roughly equivalent to Notorious B.I.G. and Jay Z, possibly the greatest rappers of all time. So. 
I enjoy listening to this. I like to hear, you know, thuggish, ruggish bone. Uh-huh. I like that song, you know. Yeah. And they and they they'll play that you dropped the, the you dropped the bomb on me by the <laughs> by the Daz band. They they're uh, by the Gap band. Excuse me. They're they're jamming. It's, yeah, it's jamming. It's the first oldie station that's ever appealed to me, and I'm learning about liking an oldie station, which is a new thing for me. Okay, a new part of being old. But the biggest impression that this station makes on me is I had forgotten how sad radio commercials are. Oh, yeah. Just every single radio commercial is so sad. Just every, every commercial could be made more specific and clear if they just added the rhetorical question, life falling apart? At the beginning, <laughs> or how about the 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 ones that have the the ridiculous dialogue usually between a man and a woman? You know, like, <laughs> "Hey, Kathy, what are you doing?" And then they try to yeah, you know, they try to be funny with it, and it's so scripted, and they've they've done it nine hundred times. There's no hum, there's and no when you're hum, listening, humanity in it. When you're listening, I, I will just say this: um, when you are listening to the Urban Station, um, the sadness and awfulness of those dialogues is amplified by five. Because clearly, they got a bunch of voiceover tapes, only three of them were by black people, and they just had to pick a guy who talked like a black person, (laughs) um, without respect to any other quality of their voice. Right. So, the acting in the radio commercials for the urban market is so spectacularly horrible. Like, it's, it's, it's head and shoulders above... You're, you know, uh, I used to listen to sports radio when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, there's, you, you listen, you hear like a Geico commercial or something like that. And it's um, annoying and pathetic, but it can't, it cannot match the local urban, uh, commercial for, uh, Payday loans. I'll tell you that lizard is getting into my head though because I <laughs> that Geico <laughs> lizard. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, well, I mean, it's it, it's hypnotic because there are so many Geico commercials on, and now yeah. I'm at this moment where I've moved back. I'm trying to consolidate because you know money's tight, and I'm looking at my car insurance. And I'm looking at what I'm paying, and I'm asking people, you know, I, I mean, how does this reason we're on to pay? I'm with AAA. I mean, I don't know what to do. And someone looked at me and says, "Well, I went with Geico." Is it? And I'm like, "Is it cheaper than this?" And she was like, "Yeah, it's a, it was significantly cheap. Really, Geico. I, 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 I sometimes have to remind myself that Geico provides a service. Like Geico isn't just those commercials. <laughs> it's not just the lizard with the accent. Yeah, like oh." Car, you know, it, it could be like, oh, tacos. Is that what well, Geico does? I feel you like know. at this point, America's commercials, and I think that might be the difference between the television commercials and the radio commercials. When you're watching television commercials, at this point, it's they've completely abandoned the prospect of including uh, uh, a product ad- advantage or the pitches in this. There's no pitch at all. The brand. They're, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's just like it's just like uh, you know a, a hot chick with her hand down her pants, you know, rubbing her business for 25 seconds, and <laughs> and then at the end it just says. KFC, right? Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Well, well, unless you go to whereas the, the, on the radio, yeah. the commercials are somehow a, a, in sad ways about it's like it's like what if you t- if what if you made commercials and you allowed ninth graders to conceive of them and write them, right? Like it's sort of like it's sort of like one guy goes, "Hey ma, I got dirt all yeah. over my pants," and then in, uh, the mom goes. Well, maybe you should try Tide laundry detergent. Exactly, that's that dialogue I was talking about. Right. Well, oh. it, what's what's curious to me is that 
in old style pitching, like if you still watch the uh, the infomercials uh-huh. and you still watch that type of, of selling, I mean, that's like old radio. It's like old uh, television selling. And the thing that's been fascinating to me that nobody seems to really talk about, and I don't really get hung up on pop culture issues that often, but Billy Mays is dead. He's dead. (laughs) And he's still doing three or four infomercials. I still see him on commercials. And I'm like, does this, there's something, it's, it's some sort of, uh, you know, uh, psychic necrophilia. I mean, don't you realize that this guy, he's dead. And it's like, it's like three, three steps removed from reality because the, conceit of a lot of uh you know infomercials is like the pitch man trying to convince a skeptic you know who's clearly not a skeptic right. who's like i don't need one of these i've got a set of kitchen knives i can chop anything i want to mm, can't you you know and like that's not real but also now this guy is dead well, yeah, that's maybe, right. so, maybe that's the angle though the maybe. next the next thing is the next big thing is they cut they edit around the straight man so they can introduce a new straight man who's saying but billy didn't you die a few months ago? <laughs> no, I didn't. And that's exactly why you should buy this particular product. Because yeah. I'm dead. Doesn't that scare you? <laughs> buy this product. Isn't that fucking you up right yeah. now? I mean, I'm dead, and I'm still here selling you. You should be afraid. You yeah. should buy this. <laughs> did you take a handful of mushrooms before you turned on <laughs> this infomercial? If you did, oh, that'd be great. you're freaking out. That'd be great if you said, as you know, I'm dead, but I still love this product. <laughs> right. It's just him with the blender yeah. or whatever the fuck it is. Sure, the slap chop. And then he does that Fred Astaire dancing with the vacuum cleaner thing from the Super Bowl that commercial. Upset, I remember when that first happened, That I literally wrote an essay about it. Like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> like I was that upset. I was very hung up on on advertising and and deconstructing media and how it was screwing with our heads. And when that happened, I'm like, there is no shame. They're digging up dead people to sell things, and the dead person has no defense. It's at like this point, I'm frankly I'm disappointed if an entire commercial happens and there's no no dead people in the cast. Well, like the Guitar Hero with uh with Kurt Cobain. I mean, to me, that's oh, heinous. Sure. I mean, it's not so it's it's so much that he represented something, whether whatever you think about it or whether you know think it had integrity or not. He did represent something, and he had control over that representation to the point where it crushed him, that and a lot of heroin. But now they're just going to dig— A combo. Di- it right. was a combo crush. Right. The, the, they're going to dig him up and have him sing Bon Jovi songs. To me, it's 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 truly heinous. I mean, there are a few things that—there are a few transgressions that, that actually offend me. You know, what, a, you know what offended—you know what offends me? I'll tell you guys what offends me. I saw a commercial for a major electronics chain uh, that had an ensemble cast that featured Amy Sedaris on a panel of celebrities, and I thought to myself, wow, they really nailed me with that panel of celebrities. I'll buy pretty much anything that Amy Sedaris tells me to buy. So they got you. And then, no. So I was fine at that point. I was like, sure, you can put Peyton Manning and uh, Justin Timberlake and someone else in the com- a black, probably a black person, mm-hmm. in the commercial to cover the other demographics. But if you put Amy Sedaris in there, fine, I'll buy it. You know, sure. God bless you for putting. But what? Then I saw another commercial, and it had all the other people except Amy Sedaris and although, a new person although, in the Amy Sedaris. Slot. I will say this: she does have her own one of those. Oh, really? There's one with just Amy Sedaris. I haven't seen Amy oh. Sedaris in so long. What What are we talking about? Where do I see this commercial? It's like a, it's a Sony. It's just kind of for, for it's sort a of new like, line of Sony products, like their their ebook and what, stuff like what that. What you would use is like, um, it's a lot like, if I could just use an analogy, uh, it's sort of like a radiator with pictures on it. Oh! <laughs> Have so, you seen these picture radiators? I've got one in my living room. I love those. So then you, at least when you hear it... <laughs> 
It's 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 both charming and hilarious because it's coming from Amy Sedaris. Oh, I got to get one of those. Do you guys have? Do you guys have a little crush on the Progressive Auto Insurance girl? Yeah, of course. I, 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 I had a moment. Oh, oh, she's the one that gives people uh, that gives people uh, uh, common common sense uh, wiseacre advice. I actually had to rewind one. Heaven. I had to rewind one recently because you weren't quite done. No, because I thought she was pregnant. I, I like, <laughs> like she. They did this profile thing, and she wears sort of a a, a, a uniformish kind yeah, of thing, yeah. and it was a profile. And I'm literally like, oh my god, is she pregnant? I mean, and I thought that would be weird that they would just keep working her when yeah, she was pregnant. Right. It'd be good. God bless them for doing that. But I never saw a ring, and and there was part of me that was. A little jealous, yeah. a little bit. Well, and she seems to also kind of work in. You this would have liked void. to have impregnated her. Sure, I mean that would be a proud. Or moment. you would have liked her to be your spokesperson. Sure, yeah, either one would be fine with me. <laughs> yep. This is... We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And of course, uh, with us, the great Mark Marin. Mark, if you feel like you want to make up a nickname for yourself, that's part of what we offer really? our guests. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of on the spot here. You, know, you can uh, think about it. You don't, you don't have, have to, to come, you don't up, have with to come up with something right now. But now the rest of the show. I know, but then I'll be thinking about it while we're talking, and at some uh, point in the middle of the show, I'll be like, I, I got it. It's, it's uh, Sparky, Sparky. It's uh, the Babe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And then maybe you're like, that will, was taken by Babe Ruth. And the maybe this will put you at ease. Yeah. Uh, the, the host of Studio 360 and uh, co-founder of Spy Magazine and, and author of numerous uh, very high-minded books, Kurt Anderson was a guest on our show um, what maybe a year or so ago now, and he's Ish. still working on his nickname. Um, no, he, his <laughs> nickname was Explodo. Explodo. So, yeah. So you you should. It's kind of the gold standard. So you shouldn't feel like you're you have to compete with anybody because the fact of the matter is that you can't compete with Kurt Explodo. Anderson naming himself Explodo. Well, now see now it's a contest. See what you just did is that you said I can't compete. You've defied me <laughs> to uh, to come up with a nickname nickname that that will transcend and be better than Explodo. Well, I I okay I and, defy and the, you. But the, Fi, I defy you. All right, you. fine. But this is pretty subjective. I mean, just because you like Explodo doesn't mean like maybe half your listeners are saying, I'm not great. Well, it's kind know. of the consensus. It is? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've I, done some, you know, preliminary Here's you've the reached, You've done some outreach. And, okay, Look, all right. Mark, you've, you've got a garage full of books, and I'll grant you, you're pretty classy for a stand-up comedian. Whoa. Okay? Here we go. The radio I, guys chip. Yeah, you know I'm what? I'm going to tell you. For for <laughs> a stand-up comic, you you got all those books in your garage, uh-huh. uh, you know. You got some. You got some nice furnishings that uh-huh, your ex-wife uh-huh. bought. And oh, put now in your it's house. my ex-wife. Who paid uh, for those and okayed them? That would you, be me. <laughs> <laughs> you got. Uh, you, you sure you got a pretty classy life going on. Okay, but uh, but some cats. When, when, Several. When was the last time you were invited on Charlie Rose to talk about something intellectual? So the problem I, I isn't that, so but, much that you right. can't come up with a great nickname. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, what, I think you could come yep. up with as good a nickname as Kurt Anderson. Okay, fine. And I, but just, the problem don't, is don't, that because yeah. of where you're starting off. There's not enough distance for you to cover to make it the greatest nickname ever. Okay, I understand what you're saying, but let's get back to the Charlie Rose issue. Now, I okay. think <laughs> that if Charlie just had my contact information or somebody would the maybe... The problem is he has a hard time getting in touch with you. That, and maybe he, does, he hasn't listened to, to What the Fuck, the podcast. Maybe he hasn't heard that. Maybe maybe he didn't he really... He listens. The thing is, the, you know what I see the problem as being, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, 
But because Corolla is doing an hour and a half a day, he just doesn't have the time. Why do you got to bring up that to guy? try out new podcasts? Got to bring Corolla into it now. Well, obviously really that's, what Char- that's what Charlie Rose is listening to, right? Corolla. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. Corolla and uh, and uh, Happy Tree Friends. You're saying podcasts. that that, yeah. that Charlie Rose is a closet Corolla tard because I'm not. I'm not going to stand by that. And I and I've had issue with the Corolla guys before, not with Corolla himself, but because the I the Corolla used, set. See, I that's a nice way to say it. But when oh, when I said the cor- faggot callers, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I called them Corolla tards, don't think <laughs> don't think I didn't get some emails. But oddly, oh, well. there were the, the the classic like you're boring. We don't care about your cats. Fuck you. But there were oh, also wait, the, oh, could I, just just a, so you were on Corolla and no, he wouldn't have me on. Oh, okay. I, I'm I am Marlo hey, in the have, Wire. I, I, no, either. I'm Omar in the Wire saying Adam. Bring it to the street. Bring put uh, me on your show. I I'm, I want to go on that show. Mark, you never any time when you construct a scenario where you're Omar from The Wire. Yeah, you have to understand that, that people are going to take it the wrong way. They are. Yeah, they're going to understand this as. Uh, I mean, it, there there may be a modest amount of self-aggrandizement in a scenario that you've created where you're Omar from The Wire. Right. Okay, that's right. All right. But, Speaking of which, yeah. as a public radio host, I sort of think of myself as uh, in this scenario with Jordan here. I'm sort of George Washington. Okay, I'm the George okay. Washington. I understand. Point of, taken. That somewhere in the world of Jesse Thorne, that Omar from The Wire and George Washington are are similar representations equivalent. of self-aggrandizement. Okay. Well, let's address the Charlie Rose I'm issue. I'm the progressive auto insurance girl, <laughs> and I'm oddly hot. Yeah. All right. Well. Fuck it, I'm the Geico lizard. Are we good? Oh, right. Did we do it? All right. Yeah. So, okay, I'm, the Charlie Rose issue. I'm a issue. piece of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Awesome. Now we're now we're good. Now we're just we're saying good. stuff. Yeah. Their Char- new roasted Mark, chicken. Mark, Charlie Mark, Rose. Continue, continue. I, the reason I have not been on yeah. Charlie Rose just for people who are fans of mine, and a lot of people are going, Jesus, why hasn't Mark Seems Maron like really? Seems like a natural team up. Right. Why hasn't Mark Maron clicked on a bigger level? And I because really, I would see you as the bridge between Adam Carolla and Charlie Rose. That's exactly it. That would be my nickname if we could tighten it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what what I'm saying is the primary reason, and I think everybody knows this, is. The reason I'm not on Charlie Rose or more famous is that over the years I've chosen to change my hairstyle a lot, oh. and and I've you know right. I've had beards, I've had not beards. Yeah, yeah. There was a time where last night I pulled out a pair. I was going through my stuff because I just moved, and at some point I bought a pair of leather jeans that I think I've worn <laughs> three times, and one of them was on national television. So I've made bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I think that because I didn't commit to a haircut. Like John Stewart, or perhaps like you, I don't know how right. often so you change each your of hair. the what you're saying is that each of the roughly two dozen times you've been on late night with Conan O'Brien, that's um, a, let's say four dozen, so, but that's fine. It doesn't matter because many times people are like, "Is that that same?" People guy? are I like, you know, this guy is really funny. He reminds me of that other guy that had a very similar tone and looked similar, but with a different hairstyle. Exactly. That's exactly what the Booker Charlie Rose yeah. says. Yeah, and you well, you wonder why Charlie Rose has you know Pedro Almodovar on a lot. The man keeps a consistent hairstyle. Yeah, even, but yeah, and also it's I great guess now. he's making brilliant movies, but mainly. You know Mahmoud what the guy Ahmadinejad, mm-hmm. very consistent. No, no tie, beard, and Charlie Rose. Another example. Always stays with his look. I've just made. I've had a problem, and it was not yeah. decisive. I wasn't like I'm going to do a David Bowie thing where now I'm the bearded guy. Right. You know, you know, now, <laughs> now I'm, I'm from space. Yeah. Now exactly. I did that very briefly. It yeah, did not your connect space at all. Phase. Yeah. The it was space confusing. Thing. It was. Well, confusing. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of tinfoil, and people were like, <laughs> I, you know, Marin used to have an edge, and now what's with the hat? Yeah, so sure. I, I, that didn't work out, but. I'm not afraid to try. Remember when you traded in your harem pants and you made that gangster 
rap album. Yeah, that was weird because that I was, was still confusing. drinking then, and yeah. I, I have very little recollection of that. Some people love that though. I mean, sure. I've got two or three the people that are like, "When is that coming back?" Yeah, and I'm like, I don't even know where it was initially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were always a better dancer than you are a rapper. To be frank, Mark, I'm just trying to. I'm spitting facts. Yeah, I, again, the dancing thing really stopped after I uh, quit drinking. Well, but and, I, I and your insistence on uh, helping out everybody from the old neighborhood in Oakland. Right. Yeah, no, that I, I think that kind of that, that, that killed you. Oh, that's or you still do that? Yeah, of course, okay. because you know you got to you got to respect and you know and and uh, it's about the community ultimately. It's all about the uh, community. community. With me. And the guy upstairs. The guy upstairs is right. He's the, the, your That's landlord? my landlord. Yeah, and what's Paul, his name? Paul. Paul. That's what I call Paul God, Shin. too. Yeah. Paul. I have a very intimate relationship. <laughs> when I pray in the morning, I go, listen, Paul. Uh, I got some problems with the plumbing. Oh, oh, yeah. There's Literally, no I, have a, I have a question, you yes, guys. Sir. Yes. Literally none of us has been on Charlie Rose. And I don't understand that. I mean, certainly you can come up with a complicated explanation. I'm not sure if I believe this explanation, but but it, it certainly makes me feel better about the fact that you haven't been on Charlie Rose. Yeah. But look at Jordan. Jordan is sure. a number one. A He's a professional, pro- professional television personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This man has made uh, uh, adolescent jokes with Keanu Reeves. Absolutely. With Jack Black. With... John Hamm. Sure. With some of the handsomest, most talented celebrities in America. Has he told that to Charlie Rose's people? That's the thing. Maybe the problem is we haven't been in touch. That's what I'm saying. Do you think they're on Facebook? Yeah, of course he's on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody's no, on I, Facebook. No, I, 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 I blame every time. Every time I feel like my career isn't uh, isn't going the way I want it, I'm like, you know what? I'm just not on Facebook. I'm yeah. Probably there's a lot of opportunities, and then I don't get on it because people, it seems weird to me. You're not on Facebook. I'm, I'm not. Uh-uh. Well, that's good because that means that you have a lot more time than most of us. You know, to I, have I, a feel, day I feel great. To... I feel great about Twitter. I, I do Twitter, and I feel like that's all the social networking I'd like to well, do. Well, I have found a Facebook because I'm very compulsive about it, and I, I, it's not because – well, look, I've just realized, and I don't know if I've talked about this before anywhere publicly, but I think that – because I was against it, and now I'm, I'm, I'm there with it a lot – and I think that any status update, all status updates should be, uh, hey, would someone please acknowledge me? <laughs> you know, and then just wait it out. And, and, and see what happens. Yeah, it'll come. You, people, you think about me when I'm not around, right? Yeah. <laughs> people have talked about your resemblance to Michael Pollard. Michael J. Pollard. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. From old Do people, I mean. Yeah, yes, from, from, from older, older gentlemen. I yeah. have a question, Jordan. In linen, in linen pants. You were great in Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah. nope, nope, nope. Little Foss and Big Halsey. Do you know <laughs> do you that think, movie? Do you think, Jordan, that we, just... could, could, that we could use this to get you on Charlie Rose? Do you think that Charlie Rose... Is Michael J. Pollard still alive? Let's start with that. I think he is. Okay, so, so that throws a little bit of a wrench into it, because Ma- I was going to play the ghost card. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe you could do a Michael J. Uh, Michael J. Pollard uh, impression. Oh yeah, a misunderstood impression. It's on my it's on my SNL tape, on my I, SNL audition tape. Can I tell you a little tidbit about me and Michael J. Pollard? I'd love to hear that tidbit, Mark. Well, he did a movie. I think it was called uh, Little Foss and Big Halsey. It uh-huh. was a motorcycle movie with Robert Redford. Sure, I believe Fo- that. I believe that was called Little Foss and Big Halsey. Yes, and in that movie, I think I saw it when I was in seventh grade. Uh, in that movie, for some reason, the 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 method acting bit of business that Robert Redford did was he seemed to always have a toothbrush in his mouth during the movie. <laughs> like he sure. just he wasn't using it, but it was almost like his like cigarette or whatever. But sure. I believe it was a toothbrush. And a young seventh grade Mark Marin 
did have a toothbrush in his mouth for probably a week, a week and a half after that. <laughs> wow. You know what? I've, I have had a, an alarmingly similar experience to that, which is um, a, a favorite film of mine is The Limey, the Steven Soderbergh movie with uh, Terrence Stamp, Peter Fonda. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in, this, in this film, uh, Peter Fonda... Uh, plays a sort of um, uh, a, a sort of rich uh, record industry guy, yeah, uh, who's a little bit past his prime um, and gets involved in some stuff he shouldn't get involved in, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a scene in the Limey where Peter Fonda is talking to someone. Uh, I, I believe it's an unbelievably beautiful, like twenty-year-old girl, and he's standing in front of his bathroom mirror. And he's using one of those little, uh, like, tooth toothpick brushes yeah. uh, to clean out the spaces between his teeth. Like the kind you clean a camera with kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like sort of like a pipe cleaner yeah, for, yeah. Your, for your mouth. Yeah. And uh, it blew my mind. You're like, this scene, mm. every time I see it, blows my mind, and it makes me think, God damn it. If Peter Fonda is so amazing when he uses those things, what would happen if I used them? Do you use them now? Well, all I have, I I went to the, I got some of those floss hooks where it's like a little sure, stick sure. Right, with right. floss on it, but it's not the same no. as the pipe cleaner that goes in and out. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'm like I am borderline aroused by Peter Fonda cleaning the spaces between his teeth with that, with that little, thing. Yeah, and it's like it's such an amazing. I gotta. I think here's the thing that I gotta do, Mark. Yeah, I gotta find what is the perfect distillation of everything that makes me both amazing and terrible at the same time. Okay, let's try to let's want. To, are we gonna work on that now? Or do you I, want... it seems like <laughs> it seems like a it seems like it might be a bigger project than we can. You, but you have to be in touch with. The darkness, Jesse. I mean, I, you're, you're, you're a light being. You're a smart guy. You seem together. You have boundaries. I, you, you know, usually I'm, I can read the you're darkness. You're just saying that because you, because I wouldn't let you touch my deck. Yeah. Well, I mean, we tried. You know, didn't we? Oh, on the break? Yeah. oh Lord. Didn't you know, I, I thought that's where we were going with like, this no, podcast. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, no. I felt like no, I, no, I, no. I couldn't tell if it was playful or if we actually wanted. It was like a first stop. date with well, a woman who thought it was going somewhere. I didn't sure, want yeah. it. I didn't want us not to be friends anymore. Yeah, because that ruins things. Yeah, and then it's awkward. You don't want to make be... us feel rejected mm-hmm. when we see you. Yeah, exactly. No, you have to, you, yeah, in order to really distill that that part, where that, that juncture of, of light and darkness within you that will manifest itself into what you're saying, this pipe cleaning tooth product. Oh, right. you know what? I got it. I, I just always, okay. always be stuck in a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> Boom. Done. You got it. Let's Done. move on. I think that's it. Yeah. The goose has I been think, cooked. I think that's it. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, the very funny Mark Marin. He's still working on that nickname. I saw. I Wasn't saw. It, I, I he don't know, had the deer also... in the headlights look when he realized he was supposed to have a nickname by now. I, th- I didn't know I was part of the the little thing we're doing. Didn't we already figure out that that was maybe going to be Mark the bridge between Charlie Rose and Adam Carolla Marin? Yeah, yeah. we, we got to condense it. We just we? leave it Do at we the though? bridge. Do we? we? But when we say the bridge, people know what we're yeah, talking. The, about. the bridge that ain't bad. Yeah, that's good. 
But if that's more of like a large object. Usually people have something like you know, the knife. You know, the, you know, the truck, the fridge. The tank. Right. These are both popular. I and mean, the thing is, Mark, How about these this? people that have small objects, they're not fat like you are. That's You're a, a monstrously obese person. A lot of people you can't you can't see because because of the way he dresses mm. he he'll go on Conan he'll wear a flattering style sure um, a he'll have a jean. he'll have a disguising beard you, you, you don't is, know how no, corpulently I, obese Mark this is, is. A, this is a soft spot with me I mean this is you've really hit the thing <laughs> yeah. I just spent a week with my uh, borderline anorexic no let's go all anorexic mother but in a healthy way she's a uh, functioning anorexic she eats okay. nothing but carrot sticks. She's not like she's not barfing in public. Is what no you're no barfing, but she's maintained the weight of 150 pounds since I've known her. And uh, and the fat thing, like I believe Jesse, though, though you're joking, that, right? That inside I am obese. <laughs> that I have a you have little an obese spirit. And I have an obese uh, inner something it, because, like me inside, like I'm literally like t- t- I'm uncomfortable right now because I can't fit in this chair. Sure. You can't see that, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. I feel my fat rolling over the edges. I'm embarrassed when I have to go on you, an airplane. You're ghost fat. That's right. It's ghost mm-hmm. fat. It's mm-hmm. phantom fat. That's exactly. <laughs> that's how I live my life. It's sort of like you. You. We're in a war. You lost your fatness. Yeah, yeah. And but it still I hurts still, sometimes. Still, it still itches sometimes. Sure, I can still feel the fatness. And occasionally I'm like, I can't see my penis. Right. Because the phantom, that's how deep it runs. Right. I, I can understand that. Jordan. Yes. Uh, we have a... Phantom fat, <laughs> Phantom penis aside. On the subject of phantom penises, we have... <laughs> We have a sponsor on this week's program. Great. This is this is how we do this sponsorship shit on Jordan Jesse Go. Certainly, sometimes we'll have a, a major business sponsoring the program. We we encourage you to uh, support that business. Um, uh, you know, like a VGKids.com, a screen printing outfit. You know, sure. we'll we'll have a major business on. But what I like is the grassroots sponsorships. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And this is a classic example of somebody who uh, just, you know, sent me an email, said, I want to I wanna do a personal sponsorship of Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, Chris emailed me. Uh, and it's Christmas coming up. You probably know this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. And as a, uh, as a, uh, as a thoughtful friend... Chris wanted to support uh, for Christmas his friend Jason Thomas's brand new project, uh, a web store uh, for his uh, art at redrocketfarm.com. So uh, Chris, for Jason, for Christmas, is sponsoring this week's Jordan Jesse Go uh, on behalf of Jason's brand new web store at redrocketfarm.com. This is what they got at this web store. Let's talk about this for a second. Are you going to go on? Can we look at it? We, yo, I'm on it right here. Can you see it? It's We got, uh, we got these uh, lovely keychains. They have little uh, different robots uh, painted on them by hand. They're made out of a domino, which I think is kind of a neat idea. It is a very neat idea. Uh, Clever, as my mother would say. It's very clever. Sure. And a hand-painted, you got a hand-painted robot on there. Mm. Uh, We got lots of art prints. I actually like my favorite print on here um, is this one. uh, It's on the second page of prints of this nice whale named Hugo. Mm. Isn't that a nice that whale? That is a nice whale. I've, that, been, I've it, been actually looking for some art for the, for the new place. Is that a blue whale or a humpback whale? This is... This is, a, is it a toothed ooh. or a baleen whale? Oh, now I'm lost. Gray whale? It looks good. Narwhal. Mm. Sure. I believe this is a narwhal. Doesn't it have a unicorn horn, though, a narwhal? That, yeah. So that's not a narwhal. It's totally not. Okay. It's not a unicorn, but it is a spectacular piece of Hammerhead art. shark? No, that's got a. Thing. Is this a hammerhead shark, no, Mark? No, it doesn't. That it doesn't have the hammer. Mark, I, I have a question. What? 
Is this an African or Indian elephant? Yes, it is an it's, African it's, elephant. It's yes. all those. Redrocketfarm.com. Uh, lots of uh, cute robots and spaceships and undersea creatures um, on uh, painted rocks, buttons, uh, keychains, and T-shirts. I'd like them to do a polar bear. I like polar bears. <laughs> those okay. are great. Would they take a request? I think he would take a request. I'm, do you think Jason Thomas would take a request? You can speak on behalf of Jason. Yeah. Yo, yes, I am his proxy. Yes, Jason Thomas will draw whatever you say. Okay, so what what Mark's trying to say is if you draw a picture of a polar bear, he'll, he'll drop a few grand on it. Yeah, and I'll, I might even plug it on my podcast because I next to my inner obese person, I have an inner polar bear. <laughs> Red Rocket Farm. Is the farm. polar bear fit? Yes, very fit, and he's okay. always mocking the fat guy. Oh yeah, By flexing. <laughs> look, look how many, yeah. look how many salmon I can eat, and yeah. I never, <laughs> I never gained <laughs> weight. I, I made a gesture of a polar bear batting juggling. salmon. Oh, is that batting? He's it batting like salmon, salmon out of an ice hole. Oh, okay. I thought you were juggling salmon and maybe eating one as you juggle, like mm. as a polar bear like, taking polar a bite. Polar bears can't juggle, that Mark. Would be, that, that's what the painting should be of. A juggling polar bear. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, it's redrocketfarm.com. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Mark Marin, the bridge between Adam Carolla and um, Charlie, Charlie, Rose. Charlie Rose. I gotta get that guy get the hang of the nickname. No, I think we went with. Go, let's do it again. Ready? Would it help okay. if I put it in on, on an index card for you? Yeah, could you put it on a card? Could you I don't the... think I could fit it on an index card. <laughs> well, That's I think we're going problem. with the bridge. The bridge. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to try it again. Ready? I'm, I'm Mark. Oh, you I'm go. Je- okay. okay. Right, you go ahead. No, you go. Okay. Uh, Jordan, go ahead. I'm Jordan Morris. Boy I'm Detective. Jesse Thorne. I'm Mark Marin, the bridge. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, it's, oh, it's not Seamless. quite right. Mark, Perfect. the bridge Marin. Perfect. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. The bridge. Jesse Thorne. The bridge. I'm going to be called the bridge. Okay. So you think of a nickname, Mark. Wait a minute. That's my nickname, Jesse. I just spent an hour coming up with it. <laughs> do you like this, Jordan, Do you like this new thing where me and Mark Marin are like uh, are like a misfit uh, duo yeah. comedy team? Where I'm like, oh, you did it again. <laughs> oh, like you. maybe you're a couple of maybe you're a couple of like scheming tramps. Well, the thing is, I'm tall and thin, and Mark is short and fat. I'm not fat. <laughs> you're tall and thin, and Mark is a polar bear. You don't know <laughs> the classic comedy uh, the classic exactly. comedy the matchup. Duo. I'm a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's cold, but I'm not cold. <laughs> I kill my seals. Fat. Oh, my ice is shrinking. Where am I going to live? Hilarious. Mm. Uh, this is good. See, I this infused a little stuff. politics was, in there. Yeah, right. Right. absolutely. Uh, you, global warming statement. Are you writing this down for your TV job? Yeah, yeah I am. Okay, good. Um, I'm sorry, Jordan. I wanted to ask you about something. Yes. Because it's not often in the business of radio, and I consider this an extension of the business of radio. Sure. Um, that you get a, a truly magical offer uh, from someone that you're on the air with. Um, just something that, uh, uh, something that really uh, delights every cell in your body. Um, and uh, uh, today, Mark, yeah. off the air, uh, Jordan said to me, oh, I want to make sure to talk about the stupidest thought I ever had. Yeah, uh, I had a really. I just had. We, we 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 can move on. No need to dwell on this. But I just had an exceptionally dumb thought, and I feel like I wanted to share. To, sure, just to share. I, because I mean, I, why wouldn't you? Want because to? I'm I'm worried it might be 
a sign that I'm retarding. Uh-huh. <laughs> I might be slowly retarding. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm so. Get, no, I'm you, getting that, You begin too. to retard? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. It's starting to happen to me. It's a pre-retard. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was doing a dual errand the other day. I was going to get a haircut and then get my oil changed. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Big That's day. Big day. Big day. Uh, and but you so, put the laundry off. Did then, you go right? see? Did you go see my man? Oh, you know he was closed on the day that I needed to go. Oh, What's that? So, Who's the my man? Is he the haircut or I got, I got a I got a guy. Okay, I got a guy. Um, you got to talk to that guy. Um, anyways, anyways, so I fed, there's a there's a little couple of blocks. I'm like there's a there's a haircut place that I've been to before that I like. Uh, and boom, we got an easy lube. Uh, you know, right half there. mile down yeah. the for street. lubrication. Uh, so I, uh, so I parked at the haircut place, mm-hmm. uh, got my haircut, very pleased with it. Um, and then as I was walking to my car, I'm like, eh, I've already got a pretty good parking spot here. Maybe I should just walk to the oil change place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, I'm retarding. I, it would have been, you know, it would have made that story better mm-hmm. if you had uh, actually followed through with that. Yeah, here's my fantasy of how, of how the, here's, the, here's the crazy comedy. So I walk over to the oil change place. Yeah. I say to the oil change guy, uh, I'd like an oil change, please. Yeah. He says, where's your car? I realize my mistake, and then I just open my mouth and point to it. Like, that's where I want him to pour the oil. I need it. Um, we take telephone calls on Jordan, Jesse, go. We've got a couple of interesting calls. Uh, one is from a Jordan, Jesse, go listener. One actually from a Sound of Young America listener but it was so magical, I felt like, Ugh. since there's no venue for playing calls on The Sound of Young America, that sure. I should play it here on Jordan Jesse Go. So uh, let's start with this Jordan Jesse Go call that is, it's sort of like, just to preface it, I would consider it, you know how Lost is really big right now? People are really into Lost because they love the mystery. I've sure. never watched it. They, people, you, know, you know that people yeah, I love know that to watch it's it. It's used in references You a lot. understand that people love the mystery of the show Lost. Yeah. Yes, I understand all that. So that's sort of what I'm hoping this call will be for us. Mm. Hi, Jordan Jessica. It's Zach from Chicago. Uh, I'm calling because... Oh, shoot. He stopped singing. That's it? <laughs> That's it. That's all we got to go on, gentlemen. I'm guessing he was a uh, singing homeless guy that he, he wanted us to hear. Really? Yeah, you, right? You thought that he wanted... He's outside. He's outdoors. To put the microphone up to a homeless guy digging a hole? The, a singing homeless guy. Oh, he singing. stopped singing? He was singing. Didn't yeah. he say, oh, he I stopped thought he, singing? I'm pretty sure he said he stopped digging. I, I heard singing. I heard singing as well. Maybe we should go back to the tape. Let's go to the tape, yeah. gentlemen. Hi, Jordan Jessica. It's Zach from Chicago. Uh, I'm calling because... Oh, shoot. He stopped singing. Digging. No, it's singing. You, you just said digging. it. You just what are you talking about? He said digging. You're retarding. Who do you know? He said singing. <laughs> I am. I am retarding. I find myself more and more retarding. Oh, speaking of retarding, this <laughs> yes. this amazing call that I just received uh, on our hotline that was intended for me as host of Sound of the Sound of Young America. I did a live show in Chicago at the Second City about a year and a half ago, and uh, one of our guests on the show was uh, a then Chicago, now New York comedian named Hannibal Burris. I know him. Uh, Hannibal is a very funny uh, comedian, a great comedian who has a very funny bit about how when he sees pigeons, 
he wants to kick them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great, he's funny, Hannibal's a very funny guy. Yeah. This is the telephone call that I got about this rerun of a show from two years ago. Hi, Jesse. My name is David Paterno. I'm calling you from Philadelphia. Um, I just listened to your program this evening that aired on my local affiliate. It's December 4th, um, Friday. And I have to tell you that I I don't really ever think that comedy involving cruelty to animals is fun. Mm. And the last five minutes of this program involved a skit about kicking pigeons. And uh, I find that way over the line and distasteful. And... um, I'll listen carefully to your program in the future. I've, I found it enjoyable in the past, but if there, there are any more animal cruelty jokes, as you'd like to call them, <laughs> on the program, um, I'll be marshalling a campaign against you. So you know, maybe be a little more sensitive. It's never really funny to make jokes about hurting other animals. Thanks. Number one, yes, it is. Well, it, it is sort of a, a established mode. And I, I think what, what happened was... Is this guy obviously has taken upon himself to be king of the pigeons, and and he, you know, he he feels the pain of pigeons everywhere. You know, he, he wears he, a bird seed suit. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, he go. He's that guy. He's out on on his roof, going, "Come to me, come to me." He sure. he probably has a you know like pictures like a photo gallery in his office of famous homing pigeons. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you know, sure. with names like he probably watches like that some World scene. War II homing pigeons. Well, you, I picture this guy maybe when he was younger had watched um, uh, on the waterfront mm-hmm. and. And in the scene where the dead pigeon shows up and the kid finds a dead pigeon, uh-huh. remember with Marlon Brando? This was that guy's like old yeller moment. You know, when you're a kid, there's always a moment when you're watching a Disney film like Bambi or one of those films. Like, I remember there was a, a movie about an otter. And and then the, the animal dies at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just so devastating to your young emotional mind that either you integrate it into yourself and, and understand it for yourself or you actually become part of a cause. And this, we clearly... Have uh, have encountered the uh, king of the pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> what I like is the idea of him marshalling a campaign. Yeah. Because the first thing I imagined when he said he was going to marshal a campaign against me, should this happen again, with what I call a joke. Uh, I also like the idea that if he doesn't like it, that makes it not a joke. Mm. Um, but him marshalling a campaign, I immediately imagined him in sort of like a general Custer outfit. With a sword on a horse, yeah, but then like leading leading a charge. A but pigeons, then I remembered, right? Then I remembered he's not allowed to ride on a horse because it's cruel to the horse. Mm. So he would actually be in the outfit next to a horse, leading, and it. they're both running, mm-hmm. or maybe on a Segway. Maybe he's on a <laughs> he's on a Segway and he's got a, a, a large cavalry hat on and just like hundreds of pigeons yeah. flying. I mean, I him. know, I know, I it, for 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 us, this is a kind of a common comedy topic but here i feel it's especially appropriate this man rides a recumbent bike <laughs> i don't think there's any question uh in anybody's I, mind i don't want to be a buzzkill but i think that uh you know all of us you know seeing as like thanksgiving was just a week or so ago uh-huh. and i certainly do we can ha- all stand to spend a few minutes on this guy's recumbent bicycle <laughs> that's right thinking about the pain of animals sure. I, I i don't think about it enough but i have cats and and, and usually i think when you eat uh, animals <laughs> and when you uh, if you're not in, innately cruel to animals, you don't really think in terms of what you're eating is once being like cute and alive and stuff. <laughs> but boy, seeing an animal in pain, I, oh, I, I tell you, it's awful because you don't know what to do. I, I had a possum. I don't want to go into it, but I. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but a I possum grew, was involved. I grew up with a lot of animals, and yeah, people have different thoughts about animals. Do the, you the, think your mistake might have been in part trying to domesticate a possum? Yeah, it, it, I, it's well, like I accept it's it. Like, look, I being an animal owner can be hard. Mm-hmm. I had a bloodthirsty puma, mm. and it. Like when you start with a non-domesticatable animal, right? Well, I, I just sort of let him live in my area, and I feed him. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, if I could, though, I, I would like to to talk a little bit because I have this sensitivity. And I think most people do. There was a couple of, of pivotal moments in my life, right, where where this thing, like, like I understand where he's coming from because when I was very young, I had a friend who lived on a farm, and and he uh, they had this farm and it was full of pigeons. So we took a pellet gun. And he started shooting these pigeons, and he's like, "You shoot one, Mark." And so I shot at one. He didn't. He didn't hit any. So I take a shot because I want my friend to like me. And I drop a pigeon, and it's sitting there flopping on the ground. And I just felt awful because we then we had to kill it again because right. it was flopping around. So I had to shoot again. And I, I literally, I'm still, if I really reach down in my soul, am devastated about it. Not as bad as the mouse situation. Here's <laughs> th- this. This was a turning point in my life. I was working at a coffee shop, okay? And it was uh, in Harvard Square. It was before Starbucks. It was the Coffee Connection. It was a hip place. Okay. So it was filled with, like, you know, old school this is hipsters. Post-college? Post-college, okay. yeah. And There's a lot of berets and chess going on in this yeah, coffee and it's, shop. Yeah, and it's Harvard, so it's like, you know, real real deal. Yeah, real intellectual stuff. But all the, you know, it's your basic, you know, crew of hipsters who, who work there, guys and girls and sexually confused people. And um, Rhizomes. Exactly. A lot of rhizomes. So we all get there to work, and they put out sticky traps at, at some point, right? So we, I walk in, and everyone's gathered around what I can't see yet. And I walk up, and they're all looking at this mouse twitching on mm-hmm. this sticky trap. And they're all like, oh, my God, it's awful. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm just looking at this suffering mouse, and I don't know where I got the, 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 the strength to do this, but I literally just stomped on it wow. with my boot and killed, and killed the mouse in front of everybody. And from that point on, I was like Colonel Kurtz. You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, I had done something where no one ever quite looked at me the same, and yeah. I had some sort of dark, like you had some, potential some for Nietzschean some... will. That wow. that uh, really. Uh... I I had a hamster that got out um, at my father's house, and normally my pets lived at my uh, mother's house. Um, uh, and I had this hamster that lived at my father's house. Uh, just this, I split time, so I, I was there, and my mom was going out of town or something, so I had to take care of it. So I brought it over to my dad's right. house, and it got out of its cage, as hamsters are wont to do. And uh, it was disappeared, and I had done all these preparations to uh, to try and get it back into its cage, which you have to do sometimes when you have hamsters, because they'll just get out. And uh, w- one day my dad calls me up to the kitchen table, or the dining room table, I should say, and sits me down and says, uh, Jesse, and I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And he goes... Uh, Jesse, I want your you mom to... and I are getting re-divorced. Getting <laughs> <laughs> divorced again. <laughs> um, he sits me down and he says, uh, "Jesse, last night I went to pick up the baby, and I stepped on your gerbil. <laughs> your gerbil." Yeah, you know, and that, that, but that's, that's I think that's big of your dad. I think that, that you, he could have easily just played the he I, got out. I found out years card. later that my stepmother made her made him do it. Oh, really? Yeah, he wasn't going to do it, and nice. my stepmom made him. Tell you? 
Yeah, because he was traumatized because he did it. And he was only wearing socks. Ugh, we grew up with so many animals. You know, my mother is, you know, has become sort of a a, a, a kind of euthanized. Like she is that the word? Yeah. Like I, when you grow up with a lot of animals, at some point they'll outlive themselves, and and you have to put them down, and and it's sort of sad. And uh, I just remember this one time where I'd come home from college, and I was a grown up now, and I I laid it out with my mother. I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to be home for two weeks. I'm not going to do any errands. Hmm. I don't want you leaving me notes on the counter with things I got to do. I'm a grown person. I don't have to run your errands. I'm here as an adult Mm -hmm. doing my own stuff. Sure. The next day, there's a note on the counter. (laughs) And all it says is, please take Rags to the vet and have him put to sleep. Oh, Oh my God. Wow. Like, you know, like, okay. Holy shit. Right. Right. Yeah. Raglan. And, and, and like, it was like, it was almost, I couldn't even understand it. She had, she had uh, blown the whole idea apart. It wasn't an errand. Go kill the dog you grew up with. Oh Oh my God. And I didn't do it. I fought that one. I said, mom, I'm I'm (laughs) not. Game, set, match. I can't do it. Holy mackerel. I didn't do it. She and, did. And you yeah. went on to become a stand-up comedian. Well, yeah, that seems just, odd now in yeah, retrospect. That's just one of the reasons. Wow. Okay. Well, let's let's go to something that is uh, uh, much more ridiculous, and that is our feud with Waldorf schools. <laughs> What's that? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but Waldorf schools are very de- dangerous for children. <laughs> Previously, we had believed on this program that Montessori schools were dangerous for children. But then something that I don't remember exactly what it was changed our mind for some reason. And we decided that actually there's a war between Montessori schools and Waldorf schools. And we're on the side of Montessori schools. So first of all, I want to say thank you to all the folks who sent me the New York Times article about the Waldorf school that sends children into the woods with an axe to kill each other. Um, to kill each other is only my presumption, um, but it's a, a woods-based school. Um, which I think is incredibly dangerous, and they'd, so certainly they'd never do anything like that to children in a Montessori school. Mm-hmm. Um, Montessori school is all about finger painting, isn't it? And, uh, and uh, education, creativity, sure. the important stuff. Whereas Waldorf Increasing schools, increasing the power of your mind. When you talk about Waldorf schools, what kind of stuff are you talking about? Number one, you're talking about arson. Arson. Uh, number two, you're talking about check fraud. Uh, number three, you're looking at other kinds of mail fraud, for example, and, and mail-related crimes. For example, let's say you, if you're in a Waldorf school and you have half a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, you're, and you say to a teacher, where should I get rid of this coffee? You know what they're going to tell you? What? Pour it into a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're going to tell you every time. <laughs> every time. So anyway, uh, so certain some we we asked our listeners who have experience with Waldorf and Montessori schools to give us a call and let us know about some different stuff that's going on. Um, here's here's one call that we got. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, this is Laurel in Oakland. I know that you like to have people call in and make up weird facts about Waldorf schools. I actually attended a Waldorf or say school for real a few unfortunate years there, and I wanted to tell you. Absolute truth. In my memory, we spent most of our time making gnomes out of beeswax. That's the kind of stuff they're doing at Waldorf schools. Making Making gnomes gnomes out of beeswax. beeswax. That's That's the situation that we're dealing with. 
And you know what they call that? They call that a gateway molding. Mm -hmm. First, you're making gnomes out of beeswax, and then you're making key blanks out of beeswax, and then you're an international art thief. Sure. Or maybe one of those, like a maybe you're like a saw guy, and you make it like a trap to put on someone's head. To her credit, this does explain the number of beeswax gnomes that I I personally have come in contact with. Yeah, yeah, right. Definitely a whole generation of children. Answers a lot of questions for me. Wasting their time. The two scourges of our time, I would argue, Mm -hmm. and certainly I know best. And I would love if Charlie Rose is out there listening, send me an email, Jesse at maximumfun.org. Let's talk about getting this on the public broadcasting system. Shit, it doesn't even have to be Charlie Rose. No, I want Tavis. Tavis, if you're out there listening. I'll come on your show. You can yell some phrases at me, and then I'll explain what I'm all about. Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser. Huel, we met you at the Put This On launch party. You're an amazing man. Bring us in. We'll talk about Southern California's greatest challenge, which is, number one, crack cocaine, rock cocaine. It's cheap, it's potent, and it's taking over our inner cities. Number two, Waldorf schools teaching children to pour coffee into mailboxes. Um, and also, the bridge is available for anybody. Just, uh, yeah, just anybody. Uh, anybody yes, on to, anybody yes. in public broadcasting? I'm going to get. I'm going to throw out a few a few ideas okay. here. Uh, Alan Alda, Scientific American Frontiers. Are you in? Yes, the bridge is available. Okay, Antiques Roadshow. Uh, uh, you're going to do a segment about uh, furniture with. Uh, Antiques Roadshow F. Tompkins, which is the guy on Antiques yes. Roadshow who looks like Paul F. Tompkins. I'll be the classic bridge. On okay, that. fantastic. American Experience. We're going to ask you to read some letters written by um, uh, one Roosevelt to another Roosevelt. Right. Mark Marin, the bridge, reading the Roosevelt letters. See, Great. this is the kind of shit we're taking care of. Mm-hmm. We're about common sense solutions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. And beeswax gnomes. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Uh... It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mark the Bridge Marin, nice. guest on the show. I like it. I don't think it needed the little filigree at the end. I there. thought it was fine. Did you? Yeah, it's nice. Just to clarify, if people want, if people are wondering whether he's a regular host or yeah, or well, you know, Mark has a podcast. Sometimes so they may be there. Right, wait, wait, wait. You know what? You're right. You're right. They've made a they made a playlist. They were listening to what the fuck with Mark Marin, and it led directly wait, into. Uh, okay, all right, get it. I get it, Jesse. Let's do it again. Okay, you do you? Okay, I'll do I'll do my part. Yeah, you go, and then the, he goes. I'm Jesse Thorne. America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mark Marin, the bridge. This is great. That worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. It felt good. Yeah. Do you want to do it one more time? It felt great. Yeah, I'm going to try it. Okay. I'll, I'll do a different reading on okay. it. Okay. Just one more reading just to get something else on yeah. tape. Okay. I'm Mark Marin, America's radio sweetheart. I'm a polar bear. I'm fat. Great. Okay, let's, let's go to momentous occasion. Let's use that one. We got. We got. We finally got a take we can use. Yeah, good. Finally got a take we can use. When something momentous happens in your life, we ask that you give us a call as it happens or in the immediate aftermath at two zero six nine eight four four fun and let us know about it. It's for a segment we like to call momentous occasions. Let's go to the phones. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, this is Anne from Colorado calling with the momentous occasion. Um, I'm in Nebraska for work, the middle of nowhere. Um, at a school, and I saw a helicopter um, fly by very low, and right behind it, 
uh, was a dog. The dog was chasing the helicopter, and uh, that made my day. That was, that was pretty cool to see. That's called a magic moment, Jordan. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that God. you... If we could bottle that... Yeah. If we could bottle that kind of magic, we would be... We'd be richer than the pe- than uh, Mr. Lee and Mr. Perrins with their famous Worcestershire sauce. It's a momentous occasion to me just to hear how well-adjusted and pleasant your fans sound. Yeah. <laughs> Good diction, too. They, well, they sound like they have you know personal boundaries and jobs. Oh, yeah. this one's going to mess that up. Okay. Good. Hi, Jordan, Jesse. This is uh, Troy from Minneapolis. I just got out of the health club where I was changing in the locker room and saw the fattest naked man I've ever seen who caught me looking at him and then remarked, I bet I'm the fattest naked man you've ever seen. I uh, I gingerly nodded and said, well, yeah, you are. And he said, well, you're the first Jew I've ever seen in a health club, so I guess we've both seen something out of the ordinary today. Wow! wow. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Again, if we could bottle oh, yeah. these magic moments. I take issue with that because most people are circumcised now, so I thought that was way out of line for the fat sure. guy to say that. I mean, it was to an be assumption. fair, this guy had a real Jew nose. Okay, the Jew. <laughs> a real schnoz on him. Yeah. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying to explain the situation. Troy, Troy uh, uh, and a very Jewish name, might have been wearing a yarmulke naked as well. So, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. He was actually. He was. You know what? Yeah, you know what? What uh, gave him away? What? His forelocks. Yeah. He, yeah. he was davening <laughs> naked in the yeah. in the locker room in Minneapolis. He was actually conducting a breast at the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. This is Richard from Michigan calling with a momentous occasion. Yesterday, I had a kidney stone out, and there was so much blood coming out of my business by the end that they sent me home from the hospital with a menstrual pad. So, woohoo, I'm in touch with my feminine side. Remember when when you were saying about how friendly and... I I thought I was going to get out of here without being frightened and nauseous. Yeah, no. Uh, some <laughs> some of our listeners are uh, you know polite and boundary having. Some just talk about their weenies. I just well, I, and but, we encourage it. To be fair, and sure. bad kidneys. I mean, like any time. Hey, yeah, Jordan, I, we did a whole show on Jordan's kidneys. Yeah, yeah, you did? yeah. I had a stone. That was uh, we did oh that. my god, that stuff just like Awful. I can like anything. Nothing sort of gets me squirming more uh, than like internal organs going bad with good cause too. Let's leave. Let's leave the gross stuff behind and just go with a simple gross story that I'm playing primarily for commercial reasons. Hi, this is JoJo in LA, and I had a momentous occasion, which is just that I recently got my Maximum Fun sweatshirt with MaxFunStore.com. the on it, and I was MaxFunStore.com. and I was going to go take my nephew to the park in Silver Lake, and I was going to continue to wear it, and then I thought to myself, you know, it might get dirty, whatever, so I changed into a ratty sweatshirt, and I went to the park, and my nephew, who is 10 months old, threw up, and I thought it was momentous, because I had the foresight to not get throw up on my Maximum Fun sweatshirt. Here's the real lesson of that. Mm -hmm. He thinks that that he is some kind of sweatshirt psychic. 
where he put on his nice, and they are nice, mm-hmm. Max Fun sweatshirt from MaxFunStore.com. Do I get one for doing the show? You can have a San Diego American t-shirt if you want. What, is that one that you just have in your drawer? Yeah, pretty much. I'm just going to give you an old San Diego American t-shirt that I've been using as a rag. Oh, can Jordan <laughs> give me his t-shirt, his uh, his sweatshirt? Jordan, you can give Mark a, your Fuel t-shirt, right? Sure, yeah. You want a Fuel TV t-shirt? You have one no, with we you? want that one. You know, this, I have the one I'm wearing. Okay. What's, what right. size is that? You medium, medium. large? Medium. Uh, can you do a medium, Mark? Sure I can. What do you uh, say? I would have guessed triple X. No, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Ah! I hope I can get out of this chair after this is over. Anyway, this guy thinks he's a psychic because he anticipated uh, that this ten-month-old was going to throw up on his sweatshirt, so Tough he switched. One. Yeah, he switched to the uh, he switched to the second-rate sweatshirt. Um, he is correct that the Max Fun sweatshirt's one of the nicest sweatshirts you can buy. I mean, we source all our materials from Alternative Apparel, which is a super classy, fancy operation. Uh, they're doing very nice stuff. Significant improvement over the American apparel, and you can buy it all at MaxFunStore.com. However, what he doesn't know is that what happened is when he switched uh, sweatshirts, his 10-month-old's uh, nephew got nauseous. And threw up because re- he had well, he was wearing just, the wrong he's just sweatshirt. confusing cause and effect. Yeah, he was probably just trying he trying just getting the hang of perception and object permanence, and it, <laughs> no, and right. it disrupted it. Something to do with his soft spot. Can I just? Uh, he say, shouldn't have given him the mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> seamless in terms of integrating self promotion. Oh, do you like how, how seamless yeah, that I, was? I didn't even know it was happening. And Speaking I, of which, it takes a uh, Mark Marin, touch, a, Mark a, Marin a joining glove. us. Mark Marin joining us via Cisco telepresence. <laughs> Cisco telepresence. Thanks to Cisco telepresence. Mark Marin is here. Let me try one. Let me try one. Today. I, I've really in, enjoyed uh, uh, being here, you know, because I was like just this morning, I was on WTFpod.com, my website. Sure. You know, trying to integrate some of the ideas. The that home you get. of the What the Fuck podcast. Exactly. With Mark Marin. Yeah. yeah can, I, can I try one? Well, yeah. Hey, Mark, it's been really great uh, meeting you. A real joy. Arby's! <laughs> Arby's! Hey, did you go to chat in Austin? I was just up in a small Texas town taking care of some government-related business when I get in my car to drive away from the courthouse and I was stopped in traffic by a director of some sort of what looked like a student film while two mimes in full mime regalia sword-fighted across the street and swashbuckled in front of me for about 30 seconds or so. There we go. You know what the good end of that would have been? And being that I was on government business, I took them out (laughs) and drove off quickly. With extreme prejudice. (laughs) That's what you're actually, if you're in in a post office, you're legally required to shoot them on. Yeah. You know what you can't do in a post office? What's that? Take pictures. Really? Yeah, we tried to do a flip cam thing where where I was going to a post office, and literally they were like, you can't do that in here. Like, like (laughs) they, they were worried. It was a concern about how... Maybe we're taking the pictures of that post office and using them as a lo- possible bombing location. Oh, yeah, your case in the joint. Sure, right. sure. To be fair, you, really you, upset. You, you were holding a bowling ball with, a, with a, a small piece of twine coming out of it that you'd lit on fire. Yeah, actually, I was. That was part of the bit, but I think they're still being a little sensitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What up, JJ Go? This is Matt from Seattle. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I'm walking down the street and a homeless gentleman just tried to sell me an entire turkey with stuffing coming out of it for $2. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why he came up with the price of $2, but it was an entire turkey with stuffing. Oh, that's good. I'll tell you what just happened. He came from the land of value. No, he he came from some supermarket that had a roast turkey mm-hmm. and quickly right before that story there's there's a bunch of people at some supermarket going what do you mean you just took a whole turkey you didn't, no one stopped him <laughs> right. 
seemed audacious. Yeah, we just cooked those turkeys. We we're gonna slice them up. They probably had uh, like yeah, a yeah. prepared food section. Sure. I, I had that experience once in New York where a guy just came up to me and said, "You want to buy some meat?" And he literally had <laughs> he had handful. A, uh, he had raw hamburger meat in a package. Oh wow! I'm like, I don't know if this is a good source for meat. I, I found, <laughs> homeless man. Yeah, I found it more sort of disturbing than drugs. I mean, drugs. I'm like, that's who you buy drugs from. Sure, meat, right? I don't buy on the street. Mm-hmm. I just generally don't. Yeah, you want to buy it from somewhere more refrigerated. Right. There's that. no cooler around. He's just got meat. He oh, just, now look who's the highfalutin one in his ivory tower, Mister Taking It to the Streets. He just he just goes, hey, uh, some, somebody just pulls up in a in like a, in one of those like uh, what do they call that like a package truck? Is that yeah, what they yeah, call yeah, that? Yeah, refrigerated or, truck. Or something. And somebody pulls up and they and they and they roll down the window and they're like, hey, listen, I just did a home stereo installation down the street. <laughs> you got these two speakers, and I and I got some I got some meat left over. <laughs> I once called a guy on that racket. Like, there was a guy that did that to me. Like, you know, yeah, we just, we got these two speakers left over in the back. Have you ever, that's a scam with the van. Right, this is like the most famous, like, there yeah. literally could not be a more famous scam than the, well, we've just got two speakers left over Right, scam. I said to the guy, I said, look, I know what you're doing. I'm onto that shit. And, you know, I, I don't want to, and he's like, really? Well, who the fuck are you? Like, I was the idiot. Like, he, <laughs> like he started to, he was going to kick my ass because I called him on a scam. <laughs> <laughs> what does he think he's gonna get from that? In trouble. He's mm. he's he's running a scam that he read in in. They've been running this scam has existed since before people knew what speakers were. Mm. He, where part of the scam originally was to explain that speakers were eventually a technology sure, that, would, that be. would be used to reproduce sound. What do they sell you though? What's in the box? I don't know what's in there. What do you think, Jordan? Just crappy speakers? or Probably that... Brita pictures, right? Yeah, probably. Jordan recently had uh, uh, one of his neighbors uh, ask him if the Brita filtered water pitcher that he was carrying home from the grocery store was something that he was selling. He really? Said, yeah. You selling that? You said, you selling that? Yeah. <laughs> Just because he's the world's <laughs> biggest dirt bag. <laughs> I want to have a yard sale, I think. But I don't know how to, uh, like, I don't know if I want people. Should I have a yard sale? You don't, want to, you don't know if you want people to come? Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> well, I just don't know how I would publicize it. Like, I don't, there, there's You don't know people... whether it should be Mark Marin's yard sale? Is that what you're saying? Right, because I Because you could do better if yeah. it was Mark Marin's part, yeah. yard sale, but you don't want Make people out of it. to jack off on the stuff that you sell them. Well, I don't, no, I don't care about that. I just don't know. <laughs> there's certain people I don't know if I want them to have my address. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, how do I, you know, what am I going to put it on Facebook? I feel like this came up on Never Not Funny uh, recently, and um, uh, it was discovered that both Matt and Jimmy, our friends Matt and Jimmy from the Never Not Funny podcast, had had garage sales where they wouldn't put their address in the Craigslist listing. Because of fear of... Uh... Because they were worried that people would then know where they lived. Well, it's... It... <laughs> Well, I guess what you what you're worried about is that you're really worried about the people that love you too much. Coming. Right. When you have a public personality, Certainly there are that, some people that love you too much. This is a big problem for Jordan with his fuel work. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, when he when he run, he'll run into a 13 year old at the at the uh, 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 Kukaroo. Sure. Well, 13 year old is not as as threatening as say a disgruntled 35 year old guy. Who thinks it? Uh, he thinks you're sending him secret messages from the right, aliens, right? Because the 13 year old still has to get his mother to take him. To you your know house. what? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I've started doing recently that I had no idea about betraying people. Yeah. I had no idea that I was that I was making these promises that I'm betraying people. Like on. what? 
I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too specific about it, but I have recently been getting like the negative, like I always get a little bit of negative feedback for stuff. Um, lately, several of the pieces of negative feedback have been about how I was betraying the person and the trust that they had placed in me. That's called radio. As, as a host. <laughs> as the host of, a, of a, a minor public radio program. I offended people with something. It's always amazing what people get offended by because it's never something you think like, this is going to be dicey. Talking about this is really going to provoke people. Yeah, yeah. It's you, never right, that. It's, it's, people are fine with religion and politics. Right, I should, like... I called people who play Guitar Hero fucking losers and I... I, the the hate mail coming in wow. is profound. It's like <laughs> you know, you arrogant bastard. How can you deny <laughs> us our good time? You know, and I really didn't mean it to be that loaded. Sure, it, it's just my assumption was that why don't you learn how to play real guitar, or, <laughs> or you know, or don't you know, assume that you're doing anything that requires any skill other than learning how to push buttons a different way mm-hmm. to you know to right. Work, yeah. But but people really uh, you I had gotta, a traditional critique of of right and, guitar and, hero and, and some people told you know wrote me you know considerate letters saying look you know I agree with what you're saying but uh, my son played guitar hero and now he's decided to play guitar because of being you know, because of playing guitar hero sure. and now he's playing songs that I like and then another father said well the only good thing about guitar hero is now my my daughter knows the songs that I grew up with because they're the ones used on guitar sure so we can enjoy Led Zeppelin together and they're for very example touching. like he grew up listening to Kurt Cobain's Singing Bon, bon Jovi, Jovi. Yeah, exactly. yeah. but but some people got really offended that I really like you know shit on their life by <laughs> saying people who play guitar here are fucking losers. Well, hopefully we've betrayed you a few ways on this week's yeah. uh, Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back in just a second with more. La, la, la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Mark Marin, the bridge. That's good. <laughs> Quizzical. Good. <laughs> Say it quizzically. What we'll do is we like to get we like to gather a few takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we splice them together. Yeah, sure. And see what we can make out of them. We try and make a little song. Yeah. We okay. usually try and make a little song. That's our objective. That's well. That sounds fun. I'm glad you guys have your work cut out for you. Trying out different pitches mm. and just different beats. Trance beat. I'm not uh, buying any Christmas presents. I'm not buying any. High NRG beats. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I change the subject? Uh, you should um, no, buy all your no Christmas, Christmas presents. No Christmas presents. Um, you know what I would argue is the best Christmas present of all? Something that gives you money? Uh, like Mac, something from the Max Fund store? Something that supports me, yes. Okay, sure. That pays my rent. Mm-hmm. That pays for my internet DHL. I just buy my mailman liquor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like at Christmas, like I don't buy many presents because my brother's got too many kids, and I don't know what he wants, and my we're not big gift givers, and you know I'm not married anymore, so I'm gonna really uh, I'm gonna save some money this Christmas. But my mailman, well, you're going all out for the mailman. I always buy him some high end tequila or something, or a really nice bottle of wine because he's a nice guy, and that's a sh- that's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, oh, I watched uh, Defending Your Life uh, yesterday, and the, there's a joke in that where, uh, like, you know how it's Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, and Meryl Streep is like has. You know, has led this just pristine life, and oh, Albert Brooks funny is kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, she goes, um, she goes like, so you didn't even know your mailman's name? He's like, he's like, no, but I got him some, uh, I got him some booze at Christmas, and I just poured it in the mailbox. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the greatest gift of all is a ticket to, to Max FunCon, isn't it? Though, is if you buy it, if you buy someone a ticket to Max FunCon, they will get a full weekend of delight and entertainment with. 
people like myself, Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart, my good friend, Jordan Morris, boy detective, of course, the brilliant and, and amazing Mark Marin, The Bridge, mm-hmm. as he is known know popularly. I don't know if that's going to stick. Mark, The Bridge, <laughs> no, no, it is. Marin. Make, Do I have to buy t-shirts. tickets to go or am I in? You're in. Where is it You've again? You've got tickets. You've got lodging. <laughs> You've got food. Where is it again? You, Lake Arrowhead. Where's that? That's uh, in the San Bernardino Mountains. Is it going to be like... beautiful San Bernardino Mountains. Is it going to be like camp? Do we roast marshmallows and make some s'mores? Yes, that, we yes, do. That actually will, happens. Will there be archery? Time. We actually is roast... There archery? Ma- there's no archery, although archery was an some... option they offered me. Yeah. But it was at an additional cost. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be we really do make s'mores. And there will probably be a lot of people in attendance who have some sort of knowledge about like fantasy weaponry. Uh-huh. So I mean sure they, they right. might bring their Exactly. Own bows, so sure, some a few people will probably be wearing their chainmail. Sure. Ooh, uh, okay. Well not, then I've got to do... it's not like that. I got to do some shopping. It's not like that. Okay. Um it's it, it's uh, number one, it's sort of like camp, but it's much fancier than camp. Mm-hmm. A few people remarked to me about how much fancier that it was than Is it they cabins? It do we get cabins? There's cabins. Um Am I they're in called a cabin? they're called condo lays, Mark. Uh, because they're a combination of a condo and a chalet. So I'm going to have a kitchen in my condo? Uh, there's no kitchen, but it doesn't matter. You don't need a kitchen because there's gr- there's food provided to you, and it's very good food. And is there a mess hall? Uh, there is a there is a, a dining, dining hall, room, yeah. oh, that's which is not a mess hall. It's too classy to be a mess hall because it's in a hunting lodge. It's a hunting lodge? Yeah. Are we going to hunt? Uh, we'll probably do some we'll hunting. Hunt really? For, we'll hunt well, for a good time. Don't the, tell the, don't... At the bare minimum, we're going to kick a few pigeons. <laughs> I was hoping we would kick pigeons and step on mice. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, MaxFunCon.com for that. Um, Mark Mirren, of course, is the host of the great podcast, What the Fuck. Uh, it really is a great podcast. Really been enjoying it. Just last week, we were uh, joking about something that Doug Stanhope said on your program. Oh, yeah? Uh, when, when Doug Stanhope claimed that... Uh, uh, he was he when he feigned surprise at the fact that his um, week long middle of the desert bacchanal right. had gone sour <laughs> after a few years. <laughs> Mark, uh, that guy, that guy, uh, uh, Doug Stanhope. Once uh, uh, I, I was working, f- I, I was working for a comedy festival that he was performing at, and uh, I had to pick him up uh, to do a morning television interview. Ooh. And I showed up, and this guy, and and I said, you know, I called, and I'm here. He said, I'll be right out. And this guy that wasn't Doug Stanhope came out and got in the car, and I said, uh, who are you? Like what? Like you're not Doug Stanhope. Yeah. And because he uh, he got in the car and said, hi, I'm Doug Stanhope. Yeah. And I said, you're not Doug Stanhope. I know who Doug Stanhope is. Yeah. Like he's a he's a famous comedian, and I am involved in the organization of this event. And and the guy just goes. Then the guy's girlfriend gets in the car. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It sounds like a taxi cab confession <laughs> waiting what, to happen. What's happening? And he just said, "Well, me and my girlfriend and Doug were up all night doing blow, and <laughs> he didn't want to do the TV interview, so he sent me to do it." <laughs> Did you take him? Well, that's the thing. I was. I call. I I called my boss. And I said, what am I supposed to do? Because Doug Stanhope sent someone to be Doug Stanhope, and I know that it's not Doug Stanhope, and I feel like a real asshole showing up at this TV show that was nice enough to book one of our people in it with a not Doug Stanhope. And my boss was just completely silent for about uh, uh, about 90 seconds, uh, which on the phone is a really long yeah. time. And he just said, he just goes to me, he goes, Jesse... You don't know what Doug Stanhope looks like. 
and you don't know that that's not Doug Stanhope. And you did it? And I did it. How'd the guy do? He did okay. He was a local comic from the Bay Area. Uh, who? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, but n- n- not a not a not a not a national scene local comic. Oh, but so he had some chops. He, he was he was a you know he was a uh, an occasionally emceeing a show level. Did they bill him as Doug comic. Stanhope? Yeah. Oh, that's and interviewed him as Doug. You Stanhope. executed a classic Stanhope ruse. Oh, it was really and it was horrible. It was really horrible because not because of it was so bad that he was doing it, but just that. I was in this position of knowing that that wasn't Doug Stanhope and then having to like placate these people at this television program. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, when he was on WTF, that was the, you know, we have known of each other for years, but we had never talked. So that was really the first time we'd ever talked was when I had him on the show. And I, we'd known about, like, I, I knew his stuff. He knew my it's stuff. Great. It was great. It was very interesting. He's a very, uh, he's a very talented and very interesting guy. He's not, not necessarily my thing, but. Um... No, no, he is. He's a, you know, he's, he's a guy who I respect because he'll, you know, he'll talk for a while. He's got a point to make. And when does this, when does this show that we're talking on right now go oh, up? Oh, days from now, almost immediately. Oh, really? Because yeah. uh, this week, Andy Kindler and I sat down for a chat Ooh. on oh, yeah. WTF, uh, which you can get at WTFpod.com. And also my mother, uh, Eddie Brill, the booker of the David Letterman Show, also a comedian, will be on this week. And my mother makes her first appearance as a dietary consultant on wow. the show. This That's is my fantastic. mother who has had a manageable eating disorder for as long as I've known her and has <laughs> never weighed more than 115 pounds. So ladies, men, if you're interested in my mother's system, which involves I, I, jello, <laughs> nonfat pudding, and, and entire cans of fat-free Ready Whip, this is the <laughs> dietary. Yes, it's a, it's going to be a big. It's going to be big. Toby Marin's dietary segment on WTF. I like the uh, I like I like the the team up of you and Kindler. I would I would like it more if you just talked in a Kindler voice the entire time. And it was which. Uh, okay, so WTFpod.com, correct? Yes, that can um, do it. And, and MarkMarin.com, M-A-R-C-M-A-R-O-N for Mark Marin. Uh, we're Jesse and Jordan. You know where to find us, but uh, get yourself get yourself something for Christmas at MaxFunStore.com, for God's sake. It's nice stuff. I'm going it's there nice now. nice stuff. I'm going to get uh, something. And, and we'll see you at MaxFunCon. Is that enough plugs for one thing? Yeah, I, I think feel that's like fine. this has been very we, But it's good we shit. Saved him for we're the plugging end. good right? shit. This is not we're bullshit. letting you know about good shit. Should, okay. I bring, should I bring my boots to the Yo, oh, those are nice boots. That's a black cherry, correct? Yeah, these are the black cherry. You're looking at um, black cherry. What are they called? Traveler, gentleman, uh, gentleman, traveler? gentleman traveler. I'm looking to get the black ones, but I see by the time Max Fun uh uh con happens, these will be very broken in, and I'll be ready to take them into the dirt. That's great. Oh, nice. Well, that's good because you're gonna want you're gonna want you're it gonna to get your hands dirty for yeah. making s'mores, for making s'mores and and kicking and pigeons. possibly for archery. Yeah, and archery. I'm looking forward to the archery. Should I bring my gun? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We were just talking about this with Max Funcon. This show's way too long already. But, I don't have a gun. Um, James James Richmith from Casper uh, Hauser. Mm-hmm. Um, all these Casper Hauser guys, they have these fancy uh, fancy jobs. James Richmith is a, uh, a public defender in San Francisco. He's a federal public defender. And um, he works very often on gun-related cases. Mm. And he and John Richmith, the twins from Casper Hauser, are from rural Oregon. Mm. And uh, it turns out, I, I was talking to Casper Hauser about what they're going to teach 
I was like, you guys should do two workshops this year. Your your other workshop was so great. They did this creativity workshop last time that people were like, oh, I changed my life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you should do two workshops. And um, I, I get an email. I get an email. We're thinking we'll do the creativity workshop again, and then John will do one of his gun workshops. Good. Nice. I'll what do you to... think? Gun workshops? It sounds like I need to bring a notebook, too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, we'll and... be back next time. Uh, oh, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of uh, The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records from their CD, Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design. Uh, we'll see you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Go. <laughs>